Welcome to God's Messenger Lighthouse Podcast. This is your host, Brother Scott Messenger, bringing you Chapter 42 from If I Perish by Esther on Kim. Chapter 42, The Rock Stands Unchanging. Quite unexpectedly, the court ordered me to set my thoughts of prison life on paper. I thought it must have been in preparation for the death penalty. For some reason, I thought I would be held in prison for ten years before my life would be required of me. It was now more than five years since I was first arrested. I was grateful that the end was near. Embracing death was with thanksgiving and deep gratitude to my Lord, a new exhilaration swept over me. Even though I had been sinful and unworthy beyond measure, Jesus loved me and was concerned about me. Few people, except for my mother and sister and a handful of Christians, knew or cared whether I lived, but in death I would be following those great saints of God who had already died in prison or had been executed. A host of angels and pastors, including Che, Lee, Ju, and the others, would eagerly welcome me. I had no regrets for my long imprisonment. Life had been wonderful, death would be even more marvelous. As soon as I entered heaven, I would sing a hymn of praise, thanking the Lord. I wrote this poem in Japanese and handed it to the jailer who was standing in charge. The solid rock in an ocean expanse, the billowing waves crushes when it compels the rock, yet the rock stands unchanging, everlasting. Is this your essay on your impressions? She asked curiously. I told her that it was, and she would understand it when she read it. She went over it two or three times, but said she could not grasp my meaning. I could have explained, but I did not. Although I knew my trial was imminent, several weeks passed before I was called to court and taken to the judge's chambers. How do you feel? Judge Kamata, who was presiding that day, asked me. As you see, I don't think this experience will be too painful. To know whether it is painful or not, I told him, you must experience it yourself. Too late, I realized how impertinent I was, but that really did not matter. Once I was ready for death, the judge was not someone to fear. I'm a lawyer, not a man of literature, he said, so I don't understand this Japanese poem. Now I want to ask a professional, or a professor of literature, to interpret it for me. He handed the poem to me. The wide, endless ocean is my theme, I explained. In the infinite sea, the waves insistently surge high and disappear. Those huge billowing breakers hit the big rock and are crushed instantaneously, turning to foam. In this metaphor, the ocean is history, and the wave is a nation. The waves represent an insane nation that is not able to distinguish between right and wrong. The solid rock is the law of God, who created the heavens and the earth, and who rules all the universe. No matter how powerfully the waves roll in, as soon as they hit the solid rock, they are crushed and dissipate into foam. 
they are made ashamed of themselves before the world and the history of man. The rock is firm and unchanging. The dominion of Jehovah, God, cannot be changed by any power of any nation or race. That is what the poem means. He listened intently, attentively, and was silent for a moment after I finished explaining the meaning of the poem. You braced yourself for death, didn't you? he asked. I braced myself for death when I gave warning to the 74th Japanese Imperial Diet meeting. I had been dead for six years. Judge Kamata sighed and ended the view interview. Feeling as refreshed as a clear autumn day, I walked out of his office. I felt like shouting in victory as I lifted my gaze to the high blue sky. My heart sang, Hallelujah, the Lord lives. He lives with me now, and I love him only. I am a witness of the Lord. Hallelujah. Next time, chapter 43, The Repentant Jailer.